Episode 47 of Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. We've got Matt with us. Matt, how's it going this afternoon? Oh, it's going pretty good. Pretty good. Not too nice a day here, but it was a good day to watch some Star Wars, so I can't really complain that much. Nope. There you go. Um, yeah, same. Pretty much. I mean, it's a little sunny out, but we're supposed to be getting rain and possible thunderstorms today, and I'm okay with that. I'd love, I'd love a boomer. Just sit there and you guys have it a little different though out on the east coast. Like when you get a boomer, you've also got the ocean to deal with. Mm-hmm. It probably isn't the same thing. Well, like I have to ask, what what is a storm like out there? Is it just nuts? Uh yeah, my apartment building is I swear it shakes. Um really. Yeah. It's I mean it's, you can I mean I wasn't I wasn't here when the hurricane struck. Uh, two years ago now, or a year and a half ago. Like, I was here in Halifax, but I wasn't in this apartment then. Um, I've been in here when there's been, like, 100-kilometer-hour winds, and it's so loud. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It hasn't been too bad, really. I, I don't know if it's any worse than, like, I used to live in Ottawa, which is kind of like, for anybody not familiar with Canada, is, like, in the lower central part of canada i suppose and the storms there were just as bad as here sometimes i think yeah yeah no hurricane type things but you know i had a a microburst there one time and like it knocked down trees it's like basically, mm. basically like a miniaturized tornado or hurricane or a localized tornado or hurricane or something we had so, a- I mean, and like yeah just destroyed the dog park Another mm. one just destroyed the dog park. Actually, no, that was a tornado. There's a tornado there a couple of years ago. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We have a we have a house that's a couple houses down from us, or we don't. But uh, last week, I believe it was, we had pretty gnarly little storm, and trees were brought down on both houses to the sides. No mm-hmm. damage, thankfully, but uh, still pretty crazy. And we we don't mm-hmm. really see that too often out here, but. Mm-hmm. Rural Manitoba, we are more likely to see tornadoes as opposed to like Winnipeg. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, fun episode of Pod Racers. If you love the deep Jedi Sith lore of Star Wars, we are now right into the muck of it, especially mm-hmm. after this episode. We only have three more episodes to review for Rebels. So this will be mm-hmm. next week. And the, the, the hard stuff comes next week. One of the best written episodes of Star Wars anything that I've ever seen um, is in this this quartet, the Doom or not Doom, the Jedi Knight episode, which is awesome. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But before we go there in our review of Rebels, let's talk a little bit of news. 
um, apparently the Cassian Andor series looks like we're going to be getting some Saw Gerrera and Forrest Whitaker, who is tapped to be back for the Andor series. We were talking about this before we started today. And how would that come about? Because we kind of get the impression in Rogue One that Andor and um, what's-her-face? Oh, why am I? Jin? Jin, yeah. Um, that they kind they meet Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. Or no, she doesn't. She knows Saw from when she was a kid. Yeah. But, but Cassian, we get the impression that he meets him for the first time. In the movie, yeah. In the movie. But... Maybe not with this announcement that he's going to be in the prequel show. So yeah, who knows? We'll see. I guess. Does that more? Does that mean we get more Borgallet? I hope so. So do I. I. Just want them him to say that word a couple more times. In he Star can. Wars. He can just. They can do a whole episode of Andor where all he does is sit there and go Borgallet. Borg. Yeah. Andor just watches a line of prisoners get their brains <laughs> red one after another, and they're just they're just messes. Um, Book of Boba, which is tapped to come out in December. Uh, it looks like production is wrapped on that. That's exciting because then that means that we're that we're that much closer to getting to another season of Star Wars. Because after uh, Bad Batch, which sixteen episodes, fourteen, fourteen episodes. This week is what episode seven or eight? I think we did episodes nine to twelve. No, no, no. In, uh, in oh, oh, Bad in, Batch. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rebels, we did nine to 12. We did. Uh, Bad Batch, I think, was episode eight. Yes. So, yeah. And there, did you, was it 14 episodes for Bad Batch or? Yeah, that's what's saying 14 episodes. Okay. Yeah, because there's 15 for Rebels, um, yeah. which means we will have a gap uh, between Bad Batch and Book of Boba, unless they look at dropping anything. I mean, I know they're kind of doing it scattered. Like we have Loki going on mm-hmm. right now for Disney plus. That'll be over before bad batch is over. Yeah. It's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause there's only a few more episodes of that. How do you like mm-hmm. it so far? You Loki? Yeah. Uh, the I second mean, episode was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, the first episode was interesting. I get kind of like turns the whole I found it turned the whole MCU on its head, like kind of. Well, the power structure of the MCU for sure. I guess so. And like just the kind of, you know, it worked up to this Infinity War saga. And then it kind of seems like, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll just reserve judgment. I trust them. I know they'll tell a good story. I know they have to, I know they have to come up with a new villain like overarching villain for the next similar to, to Thanos for yeah. like, I don't know what you would call this, like the phase. next, the next phase, phase B, if phase A was the infinity war saga, then phase B. Yeah. It's like they had four phases of phase of the infinity war. Saga, right? <laughs> so I can't really say it's phase two as phase B, I guess phase beta. I don't Section know. Two. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, and I guess you do need a similar, power level threat to like a Thanos with all the infinity stones. So I guess rendering them all kind of moot. I thought that was kind of dumb. Kind of. um, I don't know. I guess it. 
We're not going to. It's we'll, good because you can't just grab those stones now and just be. Oh, I know what this does. I can do this. Yeah, that's so true. So it takes away all the power of the affinity. Like they're done with them now. We don't, as fans, have to keep wondering if they're going to be coming back, which I think is good. You know that that's they've had their store, their their spot in the spotlight or their time in the spotlight now. Uh, yeah, but those infinity stones are only good, or sorry, are only dead within the. Um, the time travel, like the TVA or whatever it is, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's like the the Infinity Stones are still out there, and they can be still powerful. I guess so. So are they now, powerful in different timelines? Like if I took the that's Power a Stone from this timeline and then brought it to another timeline, would it still work? That's a good question. I that's why I I feel like them trying to do this multiverse angle was it or could be a mistake. Now. I don't know what the plan overarching plan is for it, but mm-hmm. it's it, it's it, the whole reason why. And I'm, I'll use DC as an example because I'm more familiar with it. The whole reason why the multiverse was a thing was to create one line. Mm-hmm. They brought all of these different. They had so many different angles from superheroes and villains and here and there and what time this was and what time that was. And so they were like, okay, here's the, the multiverse that we're going to create and we're going to bring it to one. And now that was, and then that became the new 52, Mm -hmm. which was one universe. And then they were like, ah, let's go back to having a multiverse again. And they blew that up and it's it's all confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think the only reason maybe they did that was because of Marvel, which I don't know, which is a mistake. But whatever. Um, one last piece of news that I saw that I'm really kind of excited about the Obi-Wan show, mm-hmm. which is filming right now. Um, rumors of Inquisitors being in the show, which makes a whole lot of sense because that mm-hmm. timeline is perfect for it. Yeah. So this will give Obi-Wan villains. Yep. And they have to be careful. Better, like his power, similar threat well you can't really give him like a bounty hunter because he'll just take out a bounty hunter no problem see but i i don't think the inquisitors are anywhere close to obi-wan no but a team of them might be maybe yeah maybe you're right just numbers sheer numbers because like if if we are really going to get an obi-wan vader fight mm-hmm. which i like if it's done right i am stoked for because mm-hmm. then we'll actually get live action uh, Obi-Wan Vader fight like that uh, fan edit, mm-hmm. which is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and, and it'd be really, really cool to see. It would. I would I'd love to see that. That'd and maybe awesome. and maybe they can kind of like you can you can make the case for Obi-Wan in A New Hope fighting the way he does. He's old. Mm-hmm. He is old. He's at the end. But there's no excuse for Vader. And mm-hmm. yes, obviously we get it because the, the film was made in 1977 or 76 and like just the whole construct of what that is would just be really very difficult in that suit i understand we understand that but now we're past that maybe you can come up with some sort of creative story where vader isn't able to fight as strong against obi-wan there i i don't know but it'd be interesting to see and so if they have the inquisitors maybe Maybe, maybe we'll see other Jedi kind of pop up. Maybe to help out. And I like, I, I think it would be actually be really cool if, if I don't really know, 
I, I want to see the Asajj and the um, Quinlan Voss story. Yeah. Li- live, you know? And, uh, you know, if they want to do it. Is Obi-Wan the story to tell that much? Yes. If they want to do it in Obi-Wan. I don't know where they want to do it. Maybe even in Andor. That'd be kind of interesting, maybe, if he was somehow involved in that. Um, yeah. I would, I'd like to see that. I could see Asajj being an interesting uh, character to pop up in Obi-Wan. For um, sure. You know, just with given their history and like everything they've done together, been through, fought against another, fought with one another. Like, I think it would just be a really cool. I agree. Thing to see. So, and now, like, yeah. it, was that Quinlan Voss book where I saw it? That book is canon. Am I, am I not I think wrong so. on that? I so think then, so. So then they have to be careful of what they do. Ah, but you could just throw somebody in there and or you can would probably fit in there easily, actually. Yeah, you can recon that. Yeah, because I feel like those books came out before Disney was like really gung ho in the direction that they were going with. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was the book came out after Disney purchased Star Wars from from Lucas. And mm-hmm. here we go. OK, it's an official book. Everything before Disney is canon or is non-canon mm-hmm. blah. So you could probably do something where you wreck on that book. I haven't read it. I've heard it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So that's a book that I got to get into. I'm still trying to finish up the new Republic. The first book. Yeah. I really like it. I, I kind of enjoy where they're going with it. I just, I just hope they don't make movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about that. Hmm. Because who's your villain? Yeah. Like you have to have a competent villain to go up against the Jedi. And at this point, the Jedi are like mythical. And yeah. not not in the way that they're mythical in A New Hope where they're almost forgotten. Like yeah. people revere the Jedi at this point. Mm-hmm. There is no Yeah, I think the only thing they could do would be because all they do is they talk about the Sith being in hiding, the Sith being in hiding. Doesn't mean that dark side users aren't around like the night sisters that's the only real threat to their power that i could see and it would actually be kind of makes sense because given the night sisters power that we see in the clone wars they're kind of stuck on this one planet yeah so it would be really cool to see you know the um night sisters basically the night sisters are trying to spread and they're like nope you're sticking to your planet or you know Ooh, I'd like, I'd like that. I'd like that. I agree. And that, that would explain, like, they wouldn't eradicate them. The Jedi wouldn't eradicate them, but they would put them, you know, in their place. I yeah. can see if they're trying to meddle too much in the galaxy. Um, so that would be a credible threat, I think, for the the old Re- or the whatever it was, the High Republic. I agree, and it'd be fun because it's it'd be steeped in like lore. Hmm. Hmm. Which would which I'm I'm all about. I just love it. I do like, I don't know. I still want to see some old Republic stuff, but yeah, I feel like that's not going to be a thing within television. No. Or, or movies, which is too bad. Yeah. Games. I, I'm okay. If they want to do a great job with games, that should, that'll be okay for me. I think. I don't like that. I haven't heard anything on the, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake mm-hmm. for, for a little bit. That's starting to scare me. Mm. I really want it. I want to play it again on a good system where the mm-hmm. graphics are just unreal. 
All right. Um, we got uh, we got a, a fun top five uh, ground vehicles. You, we dropped this right at the last second, and I was looking up vehicles, and I love I love some of the weird ass shit that yep. we see. Yeah. Like, let's get into it. Here, here's our right. top five ground vehicles. Go ahead. Okay. So, coming in at uh, what do I want to even put this order in here? Are you going you know, order? No, I'm not going to go. Um, uh, yeah, I just kind of wrote them down the first uh, as they came to mind. So um, let's see. All right. First one, I'm going to go with the speeder bike. That's the first one I got to. <laughs> the speeder bike. You know, it, just the noise it makes. You know, it's it's in it's so iconic. many. It's in so many scenes now, especially with the TV shows. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's great. You know, it's in the Mandalorian. It's in Rebels. It's in the Clone Wars. It's in the movies it's awesome like what could be better than driving like 300 kilometers an hour through and not even worrying through about a it. canyon right like it just absolutely ensures mayhem and death is going to occur and that's what i love to watch because it's fun and exciting so yeah i pick in the speeder bike there is nothing better than that sound on endor when they are flying through the trees and all you hear is like that weird ooh in the background when they fly through everything. It's so cool. Yeah. Okay, what else? What else you got? Uh next I'm going to go with the Hoth Snow Speeder. I'm picking that as a land vehicle because, yeah, because it's, not, it's a, not space. It can't leave the planet. I agree. Um, so I'm going with the snow speeder. You know, I didn't those, even think of that one. That's those a good were one. so. Oh, I'm I'm going to come up with some strange ones. I promise <laughs> you. I've got some weird ones in here. Good. good. Um, yeah, I'm picking the Hoth snow speeder. You know, like when they come out at the start of Empire and they just got those harpoons. Like, how are they going to take down these ATATs? And like, yeah, love it. Well, and what's cool about the the land speeders too is like they had to adapt them to Hoth. Because yeah. they talk about it in the in the episode where they're like mm -hmm. they're freezing like, and yeah, stuff. They're, like these aren't working properly. We got to figure this out. We can't take it out overnight because it'll freeze overnight. Blah blah blah. And then the next yeah. morning they go to find Han and and Luke and who was it? Javi, I think, is like which would actually be cool because I didn't even put that together. Javi would have been the guy that was uh, he's in Rebels, mm -hmm. but he's who finds them. I think I'll I'll have to double check that as we go on here, but. Yeah, just a fun episode. Mm -hmm. Or a fun fun vehicle, yeah. Yeah. Did you have the snow speeder? No? I did not have the snow speeder. All right, who do I have next? I'm going I'm picking the Jawa sand crawler. <laughs> yeah, iconic yeah. again. Yeah, awesome. Cool little like just, you know, just a junky piece of garbage. It's a junky piece of crap. It looks like a huge tank. Um, I thought it was really cool uh, in the Mandalorian when we get to see him assault it. Ah, you know, yeah. and you, we just kind of get to see what's going on on the inside. And I, I think it's a pretty cool and iconic Star Wars vehicle. So I put it down for like my third spot here for my ground vehicle. If you've ever played any of the old, old Star Wars games, there mm -hmm. you actually get to play inside the Sandcrawler okay it's just goofy and hilarious but yeah good call i like it what else you got um i also have um grievous's wheel bike i have I that one too i don't know what it's called but like the unicycle electric unicycle wheel thing i don't i it think that's awesome that's a pretty craziest cool, thing that's a pretty awesome uh thing that he gets to jump in and whip around in Yep, for sure. I had that one as well. That was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. 
the grievous personal wheel bike <laughs> okay and um for my 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 top land vehicle i have the boga which was obi-wan's lizard that he rode ah! in episode three that's good too yeah. yeah for sure do you have any honorable mentions i do i have jabba's floating sand barge i got that one as well as an honorable mention no, yeah. sorry, I don't. That one I have actually as a as a vehicle. Okay, and then my other one is Luke Speeder. That's my other, other honorable mention. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the speeder bikes. I had the sand barge. I love it because it's a boat that floats over land, and it's just a party, mm-hmm. which is just sums up Jabba perfectly. Um, I had in honorable mentions Grievous's personal wheel bike. Mm-hmm. I have the AT-AT. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the, the dog of the empire, just the sound of it when it walked, the mm-hmm. fear that it pushed into the rebels on Hoth, it was such a cool thing to see. I, I kind of am a little heartbroken that in Rebels they made them so easy to bust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just no problem whatsoever taking down these AT-ATs, but... Uh, and we should get this out of the way. Is it AT-AT or is it an AT-AT? I don't know. And I've never, I've heard it both ways and I've never seen mm-hmm. an official way of, of saying it. I wish I they say would it both state ways. it. I wish they would state it in a show so we could. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I say AT-AT. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to call them what all-terrain attack transports or something. <laughs> yeah. So we'll never even get the con- concise answer on it. Uh, the next vehicle I have up is the RX-200 Falchion class assault tank. Uh, we've seen it several times, none more prolific than in um, Clone Wars against the Zelo Beast. Mm-hmm. It's those laser tanks. Yeah. They're firing those weird lasers up. The- I thought those were so cool. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the weird firepower that it had to be able to subdue Mm-hmm. the beast was was cool so that's one of them uh pod racers is my next yes one. Oh, I, duh, had, duh. I had to have that in there how could i not think of pod <laughs> racers oh man there's just so many cool yeah. ones you know it's... and like they're so unique they're so different yeah you talk about like speeder bikes and them being fast these things are legit actual recreational vehicles going like <laughs> 400 miles an hour and the fa- the fact that anakin can fly one but before the Boonta Eve classic never completed a race, just mm-hmm. says all you need to know about a pod racer. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. Um, I honorable... can't believe I didn't think of a pod racer. I was like sitting there and I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm missing one. <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, pod I know. Racers. I did too. I was like, oh, definitely missing something too, but there's just so many. I couldn't think of them. <laughs> uh, honorable mentions for me, the ATST. I love Mm -hmm. the two-legged walker. I think it's so cool to to see. There, there I get, are easy to jump down or drop Mm -hmm. down and destroy. So Mm -hmm. I can see that. But they were like, it's a cool little mechanical wonder from the Empire, Mm -hmm. which is really, really weird because it shows you the thought process of Palpatine. Because during the Republic, they didn't rely on these types of vehicles no right and then when it becomes the empire everything is so much more creature like and metallic yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah 
and it's it's like it's telltale of yeah. the empire which i thought was cool and i don't know if enough people pick up on that yeah it's militaristic i guess big time yeah honorable another honorable mention um i think i'm trying to remember when we would have seen this vehicle definitely in clone uh, attack of the clones right at the beginning when the geonosians are trying to escape and the jedi are just getting together with their clone troopers and there there's a big battle out on geonosia Mm-hmm. It's the the IG two twenty seven Hailfire class droid tank. It's the one that look. It's got like two big wheels that are kind of like yes, yeah. They're they're and, off skew. Yes, yeah. and they're firing like just missiles yeah. like crazy. I okay. I love that vehicle. I thought it was a cool one. That's a good one too. Yeah, and that's awesome. all. I, that's all I got. And then the Grievous personal wheel bike, which I just think is hilarious. Yeah. Grievous's ship is actually pretty cool too. Yeah, Grievous has some pretty cool stuff. Any shit because he's a droid. Yeah. Oh no, he's not a droid. He's, he's a, like an ultimate warrior. He's kind of like Vader in a way. Like he was a he's Vader warrior, a warrior that had all of his, you know, abilities augmented through machinery. I guess he's he's an interesting. We should like do a review on characters sometime mm-hmm. because like Grievous is an interesting cat to talk mm-hmm. about. Like he didn't choose to be that way. No, the emperor made him that way, mm. <laughs> which is okay. Yep. Seems about right. Or I guess not the emperor. It would have been palps, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um. All right. Let's get into rebels season four episodes, nine to 12 heavy stuff. Um. The first episode it's more of a fun one than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebel Assault, uh, the episode opens up with the Rebel fighter fleet coming out of hyperspace. They're there to attack the blockade on Lothal, try to save the Rebels down on the ground still. Um, Kanan is leading that group and they plant charges on some air cannons to give the fleet a clean kind of space to fly into. Scaris is tasked with uh, destroying the rebel fighters. He destroys, he shows immediate skill right off the hop by killing two pilots and then going mm-hmm. after Hera, but she outmaneuvers him and absolutely destroys him. And this is one of those things where it's kind of silly, but at the same time, maybe this is kind of the point, the tie defender that he's flying. Mm-hmm. She, she takes him out. It flies through one of those transport ships that the empire have. Mm-hmm. and destroys it that ship then ends up flying into a star destroyer destroy. yeah it's awesome it's like that <laughs> it's little just... domino that knocks over the big yeah. one that knocks over the big one bigger one yeah which is cool to see um and then the whole time that that's happening thrawn is just standing there look looking like oh this no this is not happening mm-hmm. um on the ground with the ground crew taking out those the air support uh, Price ends up contacting Thrawn and, and is like, we need we need support down here. And he's like, no, you don't. We they won't get through the blockade. Mm-hmm. And then and then the Hera thing happens where the uh, Star Destroyer is destroyed, giving them an opening so they fly in. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is Thrawn has prepared for everything. He's got another attack squad that's coming mm-hmm. through. Kanan and the rebels on the ground watch and see the entire air squad destroyed, falling to the ground. Some of them managed to crash land. Hera is one of them. Uh, Mart is another one of them. I think there's a few more in there. Yeah. But um, 
Thrawn then tasks his assassin Rook to find the remaining rebel pilots and to bring them back alive, if possible, especially Hera. The rebels take off to return to base. Kanan is distraught Mm -hmm. because Hera's on the ground, but they got to take off. Hera awakens. Her and Chop um, are trying to find a way out of the city. As she moves through town, she comes upon Mart and his astromech. And Mart is um, General Sato's nephew. Mm -hmm. So just, just for familiarity there. The three stormtroopers blast his mech and Mart's all distraught. Hera hijacks a transport and her and Mart take out the troopers. I like that she runs over one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just straight up runs them down. Mm-hmm. Vehicular homicide. Um, Hera gets Chopper to find a sewer entrance. They take off. As they are running, they come across Rook. Hera holds her own against him in a fight. Uh, but he does get the upper edge on Mart and her. Chopper, though, manages to stun him allowing Martin Hare to regain their footing and Rook runs off again. When they roll up to the sewer, there's a two-legged walker that's standing above it with two troopers. Hera gets Mart to act as a distraction. And it's a funny conversation. She's like, you look like you can distract them. And he's like, really? She's like, you do now. (laughs) Sends him out. Mart just casually walks out into like, I don't know, a back alley and calls to the troopers. Troopers put their guns up. He shoots one. Then the one trooper starts running after him and the walker goes after him. Like, why? (laughs) So Hera gets uh, Chopper to open it up. Um, On the other side, Kanan stops on the road as they're escaping out of Capital City. He tells Ezra and the others that he has to turn around and go after Hera. Ezra understands um, and Kanan goes back. The rest continue on. Kanan is racing when he senses uh, a loath wolf and slams on his brakes. He falls off of his bike and Kanan tells the wolf that he doesn't have time for this. Turns around into one. He asks what it wants and it says doom. And then Kane goes, he understands and asks what he must do, which is kind of cryptic. Yeah. It's really strange. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't understand like, is the, I is the wolf saying doom or is the wolf saying dune? Doom. It's Doom, like K- like Caleb Doom. Oh, it's Doom? I thought it was Caleb Dune. No, it's D-U-M-E. Caleb okay. Doom. Okay, so they're saying Doom. Yeah. But the, So then is he saying Caleb's name or is he saying Doom? And then all of a sudden, Caleb goes, I understand. That's a good question. And like, I think the thing is here, and I don't remember Rebels, like these ending episodes, because I haven't seen it in a little while. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. what we've watched, I, I know. But I think there's explanation to what's going on because mm-hmm. Kanan had mentioned earlier after Ezra had said that he had said doom and Kanan, like, remember Ezra's like, what does that mean? And Kanan goes, well, that's my original name, mm-hmm. like Caleb doom. So I think there is some sort of connection between Kanan and these loath wolves mm-hmm. through the force. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just speculating because I don't remember. I think Kanan, when he says he understands, he knows that he has to make sacrifice. Mm-hmm. What yeah. it is, he's not I guess sure. so. Yeah. So he's prepared because at one point he says, I think he says to Ezra, like, I finally understand what it what it means to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not about 
it's not about fighting. It's not about trying to free people. It's about making sacrifices for others. Mm-hmm. And so I think he realizes it because as we go through the rest of these episodes, he is very, what's the word? Nonchalant about danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of like, yep, this is the, this is the parcel that I'm being given kind of thing. Um, Chop starts to open up the sewer. Hera rams um, a speeder into the walker, tipping it over. Mart runs for the entrance and is climbing in when he sees Rook catching up to Hera. She fights him off again and orders Martin Chop to go. They do. Rook then gets the upper hand on her just as Price arrives and she stuns Hera. Martin Chop open up another sewer entrance. There is Kanan. He helps Mart out and tells him there wasn't anything he could have done, but there is something Kanan can do. Again, that cryptic kind of like mm-hmm. what's going to happen he then drives martin jedi uh, uh mart and chop back to the rebel base ending the first episode mm-hmm. yeah i thought this episode was cool i thought it was awesome to start to see Hera in the x-wing yeah you know i think that was really really neat um and then also like just seeing like her her battle prowess i suppose you know like she takes out those two uh tie fighters around the tie defender and like no no sweat you know and and, I, and it made me wonder like who would win in a dog fight hera or poe you know pose they did a what if pose did a what pose, if, you know poe is so ridiculous in a in an x-wing like yeah he, he was sniping guys on the ground yeah, it was in his X-wing. It was just too much. It was all it was actually kind of ridiculous that he wasn't force sensitive. Well, and, and here's the thing: if they move forward and they do some more like sequel stories, which yeah. uh, it, it sounds like it's a thing, because I was reading that like um, pose force sensitive. I, I like I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. No, me neither. I think it would make sense too. Like it would how, answer how, he knows he knows how to how to shoot like anakin does in a starfighter right like like what he looks like he rivals anakin and anakin's the best starfighter starfighter in the galaxy like when we you see know what, what he mean? does in force is it force awakens yes yes no it's is it this yes it is no it is yeah. it's force awakens yeah yeah when we see what he does in Maz in Awakens, it is absurd it is he takes out like seven or something in a in a 15 second span like he's just flying around taking guys out and then he comes in and he frees han chewy and finn by shooting the the yeah like doesn't touch them at all i'm sitting there going like okay i get it it's a cool scene to watch it makes zero sense yeah and so yeah it does shitting on the sequel trilogy (laughs) but but like it's yeah harris she, she like we see her suffer mm-hmm. defeat in an x-wing so it mm-hmm. makes sense like she got overwhelmed by the numbers pose just flying around taking everybody out no no yeah. problem and that's like it's cool but i think if they're gonna move forward i did read somewhere that john boyega had said that yes he would return to the star wars universe if if they mm-hmm. asked ray has said that she would do it again and i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that Oscar Isaac would would do it again. Yeah. And yeah, like then you can have there's Ray training the next set of Jedi, pose one of them, Finn's another, mm-hmm. and move forward. Though then then it's like, well, why are your three main characters Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're unless you're creating a whole new Jedi order. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Anyway, uh, Jedi Knight is the next episode. Oh, this sorry. One. I guess I had more things to oh, say okay. on, on that. On that. Uh, we got distracted by the, the Poe versus Hera. <laughs> um, I also thought it was really cool, like how just Thrawn admires Hera. Yeah. You know, and like we see more of that coming def- up. Defeats his first wave of his fleet. He's like, wow, this is like, you know, compliments to Commander Hera or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's kind of neat. It, it also makes him scarier somehow. Because you know, he, he's he not learned. losing his he's not losing his crap, you know, like Kylo Ren does, and you know how other people do. He's like, huh, interesting. Well, I learned something new again. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, knowledge is power with this guy. Yeah, and then you know, I was also surprised to see Ezra stick to the mission when Kanan decides to turn back and go for Hera in the city. I think you he know? understood right because like Kanan and Hera are mom and dad. Yes, of this, yes. and he so- definitely understood. Um, I think it was just like mature of him to not yeah. be like, no, I want to go too. Yeah. She means something to me as well, you know? So that was kind of neat to see um, on Ezra's part. And then I also, what else did I write down for this? Um, how she held her own against the assassin in the hand to hand fight. That was pretty good. Good for her. Um, and then, yeah, at the very end, like the sacrifice Hera makes to let, uh, that rebel pilot go you know and get Martin captured Chop. yeah i thought that was awesome well and it makes sense because she is a leader right and that's, yeah that's what leaders yeah, she, do. she is and she's probably the last one that should get captured because she knows so much but you know she's still like yes like that's, that's kind true. of got away like honestly she sh- probably should have committed suicide like when you okay i see what you're saying there but at the same time i think this builds her character even more because now coming up in this episode we see her being tortured Mm -hmm. uh and and she does every like in the face of overwhelming odds she is denying them what they need Mm -hmm. to the point where they have to resort to toxins Mm -hmm. to try and get her to talk right which Mm -hmm. is a great episode or a great scene and into itself but uh, okay, let's get into it. Jedi Knight back at the rebel camp. And this is, I think this leads to that maturity that you were talking about with Ezra. Kanan is meditating and he's hearing voices of the past as the wolf loaf kind of looks on and sees him. The loath wolf? Loath wolf. What did I say? I said loath wolf. Or... I think you said loath wolf. Oh, okay. Or wolf uh, loath. Something like that. <laughs> Kanan then asks Ezra. Uh, to take the lead on getting Hera back. Ezra is like, no, that should be you. But Kane is like, no, this, it can't be. I am compromised in this because of my feelings for Hera. Mm-hmm. So you have to do this. Uh, Ezra agrees. And he takes it seriously. Like it's not that it's not the jokey Ezra that we have come to know. Mm-hmm. Um, at capital city, Hera is just being worked over tortured wise by price when Thrawn walks in and I love this scene and this to me builds price's character a little bit because we've I've always kind of looked at her as maybe a little spineless just Mm -hmm. a little bit but at the same time she can stick up for herself Mm -hmm. but this is where the and you had mentioned scary Thrawn Mm -hmm. we're gonna see scary Thrawn later on um Mm -hmm. He asks if she's revealed any information to the location of the rebel fleet and price nonchalantly says she hasn't even begun asking questions. She's <laughs> just torturing Hera <laughs> and Thrawn makes a face. Like he's like, well, okay. And then he goes, let me allow me to. And he goes into questioning Hera and he's got the Calicori with him. 
Hera's uh, family heirloom. Mm-hmm. And he, he pinpoints a certain shape, which he thinks represents a younger brother who passed away. Obviously, he knows the history. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's not throwing that out there. Clearly, Hera is doing everything she, that she can not to snap and lose her stuff. She's trying to be as composed as possible. Hard to do in this circumstance. Um, and again, the music that accompanies Thrawn. It's just mm-hmm. so well done. It's like symphony music almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love his his theme. It's yeah. so cool. It's good. Thrawn tells Hera that she can take solace in the fact that the Calicori is now in the hands of someone who appreciates art. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she's she's so bitter and so angry, and she, she's like, "You don't deserve to even be able to look at something this good," kind mm-hmm. of thing. And she's right. Um, Price or uh, Thrawn leaves Price to her interrogation. And as he walks out, she walks up to Hera and all she says is, I don't care much for art and just starts zapping her again, which is like, Oh man, her character is just, it is. She's just hate. Just yeah. hate. Perfect well, guess, for the empire. I guess she's embarrassed her so many times. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Just over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? Like it's just the nonstop. That's true. And I guess we're we're now like this is season four. Price was introduced what season two, or I mean, at the, she was in maybe even one. maybe even season one. But there was another there was another character that was a female in season one who I think yes I know was, who you're talking about. I think yeah. she died because she tried con- yeah she tried she gets- to. Uh, con- Convert is not the right word I'm looking for. She tried defect. to defect yeah. to, the, to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the camp, Ezra uses the force to pinpoint where Hera is, and they come up with a plan to fly in on gliders to mask their arrival like loath bats. So we're just throwing loath in front of every animal that there is on. on right, pretty ball, much. Which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the little mini, I guess, rocky theme kind of scenes where they're building this thing and then the music's kind of like playful and Kanan then is doing his thing where mm-hmm. he goes into a cave cuts his ponytail off mm-hmm. and shaves mm-hmm. yeah he, I think it's he is blind <laughs> yes I, I, yeah, I figured like as soon as he comes out and we see his hair I'm like yeah he did about as good a job I expect a blind guy like, to do. The, I, I liked it. I thought it was kind of funny, but his face is perfect. Like he shaved. He got that down pat. His yeah. hair is a mess. And yeah. what's awesome about it is we hear about that later on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the group finishes making the gliders. Ezra says he's going to go tell Kanan. Kanan comes out. Um, brand new haircut, shave. Ezra smiles. This is the first time we've seen Kanan without a beard since first season. Season two. Season two. Yeah, because he, I think he gets slashed in the face mm-hmm. by by Maul, and then mm-hmm. that's when he grows the beard. Okay. Okay. Uh, they hook up the gliders to Chop, who <laughs> just stands on the back of a speeder that Zeb is uh, on, and he somehow is able to carry all three gliders and the people that are attached to them, mm-hmm. and not fly off of the speeder. So chop weighs a thousand tons uh, on Thrawn's star destroyer. Tarkin instructs Thrawn to go to Coruscant in order to talk to the emperor about his program, because there is 
I guess the empire is looking to be a little thrifty with their money. They don't want to just mm-hmm. throw money around left, right, and center. That's not how you run an empire. No, it's expensive to conquer the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. the, the two programs that are on the chopping block here are the TIE Defender program and the Stardust program. Mm-hmm. Director Krennic. They drop Krennic's name and they drop Stardust as the, uh, the program. And that was awesome. The gliders, they fly in unnoticed by troopers, but Rook smells something is up. Kane and Ezra and Sabine end up landing the gliders on a platform. Um, and the pilot trooper dressed Sabine and Ezra, all dressed up to go. Uh, they go to find a ship. Kanan goes for Hera. So he starts climbing up the wall. He's got uh, Hera, or uh, Sabine gave him like gravity suction cup mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah convenient they're, they they're pretty have. cool yep uh, on Kanan's climb up he comes across the calicori and steals it price uses an interrogation droid to pump hair full of toxin to tell the truth uh she she has crazy eyes as mm. she's sitting there trying to fight her way through the drug and she's just almost just about to give something up mm-hmm. and then she kind of sees Kanan. And she says it. She's like, oh, Kanan's here. <laughs> and Price Price is like, I think I may have pumped you too much full of drug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. That was good. Rook comes in and asks to speak with Price. The two troopers stay as Price and Rook leave. And Hera tells the troopers, all I'm going to say is you two are in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And then she like speculates on how Kanan's going to get into the room which is super funny. And then all of a sudden lightsaber through the floor circle and the trooper doesn't move at all. And he falls through the floor to his his death. (laughs) The other trooper just stands there. Like what's going on? Kanan flips up and then the trooper runs off. And then Kanan in maybe the darkest moment that we've seen of him force grabs him and then pushes him out the window. Throws him out the window. Throws him right out the window. (laughs) So that, that trooper just falls to his death. No questions asked. <laughs> um, Hera is happy, a little too happy to see Kanan, mm-hmm. and he realizes that oh, she's under the influence of something. The the uh, interrogation droid. As they're standing at the glass, Hera's doing like this this thing where she's like feeling him, his face and his hair. She's like, oh, I've. I hate your hair, which is so funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then he mentions that, like, that's yeah, the best I can do. I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. And then he's about to show her. Or no, he does. He shows her. He's like, I've got a present for you. And mm-hmm. he gives her the calicori. And then she's like, well, this is not a present. It's mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. It was. And then Caden the whole time, he's like, well, yeah, but I got it back for you. <laughs> Trying to kind of like justify <laughs> it that it's a it's a thing, which I thought was really funny. Just a great scene. It was it was like easy. It was nice. And then mm-hmm. do they I can't remember. Do they kiss you or are they about to? And then the door starts. I think they're going to or they're going to say I love you or yes or something like that. They just keep getting that moment just keeps getting ruined on them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Initially, I like initially I thought they're they're trying to hurry this, Mm -hmm. but I thought they did a good job when it finally happens. Mm -hmm. I I changed my mind on that. Uh, The imps start to break through the door. They bounce Kane and and, uh, Haradu out the window and they they climb up or down. I can't remember Uh, as they don't remember. 
as they break through the door, Rook, Price, and two Death Troopers enter. Rook starts scaling the wall up. Up, up, because Rook Mm -hmm. goes up. Mm -hmm. Um, Rook starts going after Kanan and Hera. Ezra and Sabine get to a ship, and they take off as uh, lockdown is starting to happen as they're trying to find where the Rebels are going. Kanan and Hera have a moment by the gliders. When they get up top, she tells them that... uh, this is how they flew in and they're looking this is all cool and then troopers start firing at them from another angle uh kanan fights rook and he loses his saber Mm -hmm. that is the moment i went "Uh uh-oh this is not good um kanan fights him off force pushes him off the ledge and then they escape on a glider but the stormtroopers do shoot the glider a couple times they crash land kind of on the fuel pumps and Ezra and Sabine dump the troopers in their ship that they flew off in, in mm-hmm. a funny way. Um, and then they take out the remaining ships as well and make their way to the fuel pumps. Hera finally gets the chance to tell Kanan that she loves him. And they kiss. And then there's like a happy scene where Sabine and Ezra arrive and they're like, ah, okay, guys, enough of that. Let's get in here. And then as they are all about to leave, Price orders her walker to fire on the fuel pump like a fucking fool Mm -hmm. and this is not the first time we've seen price just botch what -hmm. she's supposed to do here just completely and utterly botch what she's supposed to do well i mean i think from her point of view it's like these are the people like it's literally the whole crew right it's like it's ezra kanan Hera, and sabine is Zeb with them? I don't think so. Nope, Zeb's them. not with them. Right? It's those four, and they have been like the largest thorn in the Empire's side. Like, honestly, for the amount of damage that they've done, it's probably worth a fuel station. But here's the problem, and I, I agree with what you're trying to say there, but everything that we've seen from Thrawn mm-hmm. and how he's how he operates, the, the problem is you are giving them the victory that they want. Yeah. Let, let them go and let us continue what we are doing mm-hmm. because we can always come back. Yeah, with our cool new weapons that Which, you know are reliant on this on this fuel. So I, yeah. I agree with what you're saying with her mind frame, but she isn't learning anything from Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a problem for price. Yeah. And we see that. So they destroy the fuel pump. Um, and then we see maybe the most incredible what's like incredible feat of force power yeah like seriously this is undermined kanan literally holds off the explosion mm-hmm. with the force Hera yeah. then tries to run to him as he's holding off the for the, the the explosion he holds Hera back mm-hmm. and then as he's holding her we get to see kanan get his eyesight back because he is just within the most amazing use of the force. It heals mm-hmm. his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he actually gets to see Hera and, and the group again, one more time. And then as he force pushes Hera and the, the ship yep. that they're on, he sacrifices himself to save them and dies in the fire yeah. in the explosion. Yeah, this is just a great scene. You know, like, 
the, the whole lead up to it with Hera and Kanan and, you know, their relationship and they never get to be alone. They never get to have that kiss, whatever. They finally get to say, I love you. And then Kanan dies like a minute later, protecting Hera and the rest of the crew, like holding off like the, 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 the explosion, basically. And like, a, like a wall of force and um, it's not a fire. Saving the day. Yeah, no. Like it's people, explosion. people sometimes will look at that and go, it's just fire. No, it is literally, no. he is holding the entire fuel depot there like like still yeah and and then manages to force push Hera onto the ship and force push the ship away so that it doesn't get destroyed in in the explosion Mm -hmm. yeah and I think I like the and yeah like it was this vision clearing too like yeah because his his eyes go blue again yeah I felt like that was also like symbolic of him really truly understanding like seeing yeah the jedi way yeah as well you know like he sees very clearly now for like one of the first times maybe even in his life but obviously it's going to cost him that too yeah which is too bad um that scene might be the best writing for any piece of star wars i've ever seen Mm -hmm. my favorite scene ever is the obi-wan maul Mm -hmm. fight in rebels this scene is just in incredible mm. like so well done jedi knight kanan jarus caleb doom he mm-hmm. sacrifices himself as only a true jedi could mm-hmm. end of the episode and as the episode ends the star wars um rebels crawl or logo mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like white and yeah it's, it's like white dusty ash falling yeah. down which yeah. i thought was incredible and the music is just like it literally rips your heart out of mm-hmm. what just happened, right? Because Kanan was su- is such a huge piece of that story, mm-hmm. and he ain't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, up next is Doom, and this episode is is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost my place in my notes. <laughs> Give me one second here. Where am I? Where am I? Okay. Rebel Assault. Nope, that's not it. I'm past it. Okay, yeah. Doom. Capital City is reeling from the destruction of the fuel depot and more so the Empire than anything else. Price is informed that Kanan has perished and she revels in that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but an Imperial officer also says that the Imperial command will find out about the depot and that production of the tie defender is halted. So price doesn't understand that fact. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Right? She's trying to cover it up and she just goes, well, we'll celebrate our victory with a parade. Yeah. She's a bit of a dum-dum, but also <laughs> like bit of a from, for the same, from a different point of view, though, it's, it's, it's mildly genius, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, She's trying to show the public strength or propaganda. Yes. And that, right? no, we didn't lose anything here. We actually won. Yeah. Right. And, and like, cause if they had have been like, this was a massive dip, uh, defeat, there's a massive disciplining going on of the commanding officers in charge of Lethal. Like it would have sowed dissension among the ranks. It's been like, Oh, the rebels really got them good. Right. Like, so it is, a, it is a bit of a stroke of genius in one part to throw this parade um, you know, she does kill Kanan and, you know, he's 
one of the biggest like if you had to go on an individual level he's one he's of the jedi biggest knight. threats he's, right? a jedi. he's a jedi knight the inquisitors haven't been able to take him out you know the assassin hasn't been able to take him out thrawn hasn't she hasn't right uh even vader got to fight with him and vader didn't kill him in that encounter either right yeah. so like i mean it is a pretty big victory to get rid of him absolutely it is yep you're right. But it is stupid. Like it's not, I don't think it's as bad uh, a mistake as Thrawn makes it out to be because Thrawn well, is personally invested in his TIE Defender program. Too, yeah. Right? So I, that's I, why he's extra upset. I here's the thing. I think you're absolutely right. Her idea behind this is sound, but the problem is she believes in this idea. Mm-hmm. It's not she's not doing this to to um She's not doing it because she believes she won a victory, mm-hmm. right? Like, or, or no, she is doing it because she believes she won a victory. She's not doing it because we have to make sure that these people are in line with everything that's going on, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and see, that is the that's the thing. And and uh, like I mentioned, she isn't learning from Thrawn. Like, there, mm-hmm. this is a massive setback, and she's the cause of that setback. If she had had cautioned restraint and instead of blowing up the fuel depot um just let them go we'll have another go at it mm-hmm. it would it would have been a different situation because the rebels wouldn't have won anything and we still have what we want mm-hmm. our power in this tie defender program is there and that's the important thing and she like she didn't she doesn't see that she doesn't understand mm-hmm. that and and that's the problem for her uh, back at the Rebel base, Zeb and Chopper are waiting and ready to congratulate the group for saving Hera. Chopper's or like uh, Zeb's got a big smile on his face, and then they land. Sabine throws her helmet in disgust and sadness and anger. Zeb asks what's wrong, and she just walks right by him. He sees Hera and Ezra walk off the dropship. No Kanan. Doesn't, doesn't see Kanan, and he starts to worry. Ezra walks up to him, and he asks, what is wrong? Where's Kanan? And Ezra just says he's gone. Zeb doesn't really understand it. He's not catching on. Like, he's captured. And Ezra just reaffirms, no, gone, as in he's gone. And love this moment. Zeb just hugs Ezra close. Because mm-hmm. he knows, like, that this is such a massive loss, right? On the other end, again, continuing just a great scene, Hera is staring off into the landscape in front of her, and Chopper comes over. And a droid grabs her hand and she grabs choppers, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And tears stream down her face. Just another great moment. Incredible start. And I love the art with the opening crawl again, white with that kind Mm -hmm. of dusty look to it, Mm -hmm. which I just, I just love that. And I thought just the chopper Hera thing was fantastic. Because they like they like they're so they're so attached those two, yeah. So, I, I loved it. Uh, Imperial propaganda tells of the leadership of the rebellion on Lothal falling, and that all citizens are required to attend this parade. <laughs> no, no option. You are required to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryder asks what they are supposed to do. That they need to contact Rebel Command. Hera just walks away. Sabine says she's going to give this parade some extra fireworks. Zeb says, count me in. Mm-hmm. Ezra walks off as well. And Cal uh, says, what can they do? Ryder just looks at him and he's like, nothing. It's, this is, it's over. We've lost. 
Um, Ezra watches as Zeb and Sabine speed off. He crouches down and talks to himself, saying Kanan never prepared himself for this. Then he kind of hears like a little growl, and the loath wolf, the wolf loath, <laughs> is <laughs> is next to him and aggressive. Two more loath wolves appear. They are growling, and then they end up chasing Ezra into the clearing, and they bowl him over. And then the the main loath wolf is just standing above him. Back at Capital City, Thrawn is ripping into Price uh, for losing General Sindula. Not only not only like losing the 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 fuel depot, but lost Sindula, uh, the loss of the fuel depot, compromising his Tie Defender program. So, like you had said, he's just so invested in that program. Mm-hmm. Um, the rebels had had failed. They didn't get what they wanted. And then you gave them their victory by blowing up the depot. Yeah. He then sinisterly says, like, this is this is angry Thrawn, scary mm-hmm. Thrawn, that he will deal with her when he returns from Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Which is like, uh oh. Thrawn tells Rook to eliminate the rebels who will act recklessly now that Kanan is dead, especially Ezra. Uh, back at the camp, Hera is losing her way. She's distressed, and this was a good scene too, because she like she's like leaning against the wall, like crouched down. Mm-hmm. Um, Chopper's there with her. She's she's like fretting that this is all her fault if if she never pushed this rebellion, that Kanan would still be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just another awesome moment between Chopper and and Hera. Um, she says that Kanan rescued her and her family history. Chopper meat mops <laughs> to Hera. <laughs> and uh, she says he's right. I, I love this. She says he's right that no one deserves that honor more than Kanan. We all assume that she's making something on the Calicori for Kanan mm-hmm. because I'm like, like I don't, okay, what's happening? And then Chopper holds her tight. Like he's like hunched over and like holding Hera, trying to console her. What a good little droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeb and Sabine scout the city and Zeb notices that no smoke is coming from the war machine, which is like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is big. Ezra wakes up in a field, calls out for the Lothwolves to show themselves. They don't. And he starts just walking back to base. And I like how, like, he's sitting there and he's like, where are you? Where are you? And then immediately goes, oh, I should get back to base. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a stormtrooper gets beat the fuck up by Zeb, mm-hmm. uh, who enjoys it and says, like, I needed that. Uh, Sabine hacks into the Imperial system. She finds out that the TIE Defender program is shut down and realizes that Kanan not only saved them, but completed the mission too. Mm-hmm. And that Price is trying to cover her tracks. She then plants bombs on the Imperial speeders. Ezra is still walking and realizes that he's lost and even jokes about it. He's like, I've lived on this planet for how long and I'm lost? What? Um. Uh, where am I here? Then he plays a game that I assume is something from his childhood that was like a finding game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's almost like Eeny Meeny Miny Mo, but Star mm-hmm. Wars style. Yeah. Catch a lost cat by the toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the trooper that Zeb had beat up. He wakes up. Rook is staring into his face. That freaks him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rook realizes that there's a bomb on one of the speeder, uh, speeders and it blows up, taking out the stormtroopers. 
Sabine and Zeb are way off in the distance on like a overcrop watching it and she mentions like wow that didn't take long and then mm-hmm. looks through the binoc- the binoculars and sees that Rook is still alive. Zeb looks and mentions that he's the one that chased them while collecting the hyperdrive and then he looks again and Rook stares right at him and Zeb just tucks his tail between his legs like oh this is freaky <laughs> and then I like where she's like well look again to make sure that he you saw him he's like I don't want to he's got crazy eyes yeah <laughs> he's all scared but then he gets like then he gets like tough again because they're like, well, wait a minute, he's all alone, and there's two of us. Maybe we should take him out. And then C- uh, Sabine agrees and justifies it by saying that they can't let it track them back to base. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then says, "Let's use our numbers to our advantage." Then we get some some interesting Ezra and Lothwolf kind of contact. He's hunched over when he senses something, and he says, "Canaan." The sky, like in the background, is like really peculiar. It's different and weird. All sorts of, like it's almost like it's drawing in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns around and there's a loath wolf there, an enormous one, and he is surrounded by other smaller ones. Ezra asks who he is, and it says, "I am Doom," which is like okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, Rook catches up to Zeb. They start fighting. Sabine drops down. It says they aren't in the mood for a fair fight. Rook says he isn't either, and he goes invisible, which mm-hmm. is which is great. Ezra, yeah, I love that. It's like the predator. Yeah. Yes. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ezra continues his conversation with the giant loath wolf. That Doom was his master's name. The wolf then asks why he ran, and Ezra says because the wolves chased him. He he didn't know what was going on. The alpha then tells Ezra to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, another wolf drops a tablet in front of Ezra. He asks where they found it. It's uh, the Alpha says the Jedi Temple. Sabine uses a spray paint bomb, I guess, on mm-hmm. Rook um, to expose him, and Zeb beats the shit out of him, like yeah. hammering him to the point where, like, Sabine's like, "You got to like stop. We this is not how we do this." <laughs> so then she and like the funny part is too. Zeb looks at her. He's like, "But this is what we wanted." <laughs> yeah. Uh, she then starts spray painting him. Ezra tells about the Empire finding the Jedi temple. The alpha seems upset about that knowledge secrets, danger. And then it tells him to restore the past to redeem the future. Ezra asks how, and the alpha growls and then attacks only for Ezra to like wake up at the rock that he was originally sitting at, except sitting in front of him is that tablet. And the tablet has like three hands on it. Mm -hmm. And right now we, we have no idea what those hands are. Mm -hmm. Um, Sabane Sabine and Zeb end up sending Rook back to the Empire. Hera adds that memorial to Kanan on her Calicori. Um, Sabine and Zeb arrive back at the camp. They talk to Hera. She, uh, Sabine tells her that the mission to destroy the fuel depot was a success. Mm-hmm. Hera says they now have a chance and that Ezra arrives saying he knows where to start the Jedi Temple, which is in danger, and that they are the only ones to stop it. And then that's the end of that episode yeah it's uh it's a good episode i like i don't you know what i I thought they uh, i guess they weren't grieving as much for kanan you know like i know they they want to they want to get their revenge that's i get it um hair is the only one really grieving yeah 
I mean, I understand this is probably all taking place in the span of a day. Yeah. You know, and it can take a little bit to set in and stuff. Um, and this, you know, maybe this is just war as well, right? Like you grieve when you have the time. Um, but yeah, I was, I don't know. I felt like they shouldn't have let the assassin live. I know they put a tracker on him. Somebody says something about a tracker, but you know, they should have, they should have killed him. I mean, like, yeah, like this, this was the assassin that was sent to kill him. Like, he's not going to stop. They send him back. Like, they know what he's perfectly capable of, right? Like, he's a very big threat. Um, and then they let him leave with a track, and they put a tracker in him. Like, now they're now they're without Kanan to fight him off, right? So, uh, you know, he's handled, he's handled Sabine, he's handled Zeb, he's handled uh, Hera, right? Like. He even disarmed Kanan. Like you, you shouldn't have let this guy live. That was just my opinion, and I, I don't really get why. I think they, there, I, I think there is more coming up with with Rook and what happens with that. There's got to be because, like the the tracking beacon, well, him gotta, being spray painted, got to mean something. Yeah, like what exactly. does this mean? Like what does spray painting mean? Like if I saw that, like okay, they beat my assassin. Good for them. You know, I don't know if it really sends a big a message. Like for me. If I were like Price or Thrawn and my assassin got sent back to me in spray paint, I mean, I'd be disappointed. I wouldn't hire him again for another job. But like, you know, I'd be like, okay, well, I just got to get another bounty hunter or another. You send you send him in a body bag. It's a different story. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I yeah, get what I you're saying. So. I get what you're saying. I I like. I'll. I, I again I can't remember the ending to the series, so I, I'll reserve judgment until I see what happens with it because obviously something is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't disagree, like letting him live. I get why Sabine does that, and honestly, Zeb was on that path mm-hmm. to to just club him to death. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that is the story that they're trying to throw out there. That we yes, we're rebels, yes, we're fighting this war machine but no we won't sink to their level mm-hmm. which is the story of good guys everywhere for all time right um the, mm-hmm. the one thing with the with the grieving and i i agree kanan or not kanan ezra sabine and zeb there's no grieving really on their part mm-hmm. uh hera for sure is grieving we see it uh chopper is kind of consoling her the whole time i'll accept what's going on because they're taking action mm-hmm. and and ezra's in a different place because he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on with these loath wolves and it's that's a terrifying thing like this mm-hmm. giant wolf with teeth staring at you growling and getting mad at you it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of giving him that other thing to think about instead of just canaan at the moment so I, I can understand that, but yeah, like I would, I would have liked to see maybe even a little bit more from Hera, but she's like, she's a mess. Right. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, Wolves and a door. That is the next episode. The final episode that we're reviewing today, the mm-hmm. group make a plan to go to the compromised Jedi temple as recalls to the Loth wolves with the force, they saddle up and chop gets, uh, chomped on by one of the wolves as Zeb climbs on him and they, they take off and they're running away. Uh, the music intense, different when mm-hmm. the wolves are running through the field. Awesome though. And then the wolves disappear. Yeah. Grass. The wolves are cool. Yeah, I, they are. I really like them. 
they're scary. They're, you know, they're super connected. They're confusing. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're cool. I do like the scene where (laughs) Zeb is like petting the one and he's talking to it. And Ezra just looks over and he's like, yeah, that one doesn't talk. Like just makes Zeb look like a complete idiot. Yeah. Um, oh, but then the line that Zeb says afterward is he's even better because it's like, yes, he can. He was talking with his eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's like right. That's that. right. That made me laugh. <laughs> I had a good laugh from that one. Um, there's like a light speed visual, and they awake on the backs of the little wolves. Uh, Ezra tells them they are close to the temple, but they have to walk the rest of the way. Hera asks, "How do they?" How, how they do that and Ezra responds I don't know I think Kanan had said something that they're deeply connected to the force mm-hmm. they get to the temple uh, it, it's not a temple anymore it's like a hollow ground it's almost I got hardcore Indiana Jones vibes mm-hmm. from this like just the music the like the uh, the spotlights that are on like all a bunch of the different things I was like this is Indiana Jones well, mm-hmm. well done um Something is different, though. There are all sorts of artwork that they can't decipher from above. Ezra and Sabine uh, jumped the pump to find out what that artwork means. They get some imp disguises. And then make their way down into the, I guess, I don't know, like the temple area. Yeah. Um, As they are looking at some art, two death troopers and a hooded figure arrive, starts to question them. One of them uh, the troopers informs the minister that there is an incoming call from Coruscant. Minister is that his t- name, the minister? His his name is... I do have it down here somewhere. Um, oh, where did I have it? He is a minister of something. <laughs> minister mm-hmm. Varus Hayden. Okay. Um, the minister tells the other trooper this is a poor reflection on him and then takes off. The death trooper asks for identification. Ezra mind tricks him to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Sabine gets chopped to intercept the Imperial transmission. The minister is talking to Emperor Palpatine himself. Uh, the, the minister tells the emperor they're, they're so close to unlocking the temple uh, and that the key is something he discovered in the Jedi archives, which is I like that they're tying that together, mm-hmm. right? Order 66, the, the Sith, like this Haydn is like a, is, is, I don't want to say he's a master of archeological, archeological uh, Jedi and Sith findings, but he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidious says the Mortis gods. He then gives the go ahead to proceed with opening the temple to seize the Jedi power within and that there has been a great disturbance in the force with Kanan's death, but he doesn't know how it is to impact the situation on Lothal. Harris says they should fall back with the emperor's involvement. Ezra is like, Nope, we should keep moving because of the emperor's involvement. Mm-hmm. Zeb looks to her to make the call and Hera can feel Kanan's spirit with her. You get to see the visual of like a Kanan with his hand on her shoulder. And she's like, she puts her hand on his hand kind of thing, mm-hmm. which was nice. And then she gives the okay. Um, Hayden brings the troopers into the temple vicinity together to let them know that they're so close to discovering the temple secrets and that everyone's got double shifts through the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Work. A Trandosian, um, mining guild member 
informs the minister that they found more symbols, so they leave to go see. Ezra and Sabine approach the now spotlighted images of the Mortis gods. So this is the first time that we get to see them again since uh, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Sabine says it's old, it's intricate, and then asks if Ezra knows anything. He notices that the convoy bird on the sister's right shoulder is the same bird that was always around anytime Ahsoka was around. He then points out Lothwolves uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Sabine references the tablet and leaves Ezra to do his thing. He's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, your thing, whatever you do as a Jedi. Ezra gets up on a rock to figure things out, and as he's doing that, two stormtroopers approach and question Sabine. Uh, being a former imp, she kind of works it well to her advantage. Um, Ezra uses the force to activate the symbols. The sister mm-hmm. looks at the father. The father points to the son and the loath uh, wolves begin to walk away. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the animation of this, but I, I think I, it's awesome. I agree. I, it was it's different. so cool. It I don't is. know why, but it's just like so cool. It's like animation within animation. Yeah. Aniception. Yeah. <laughs> um, the loath wolves or sorry, uh, Hera tells Zeb that th- she thinks the paintings moved as they're watching it, and Zeb's like, what? Um, the Loth Wolves, they run in a circle, and Ezra thinks that this is the gateway into the temple. Um, the troopers bring Sabine to the minister, who surmises that she and her partner are intruders. He orders lockdown to the site. Ezra reaches his hand out to the wall, and discovers an entry point like it's like he's pushing into the wall it's like almost like electricity kind of flying Mm -hmm. up on his arm um zeb hair and chopper they duck out of sight as the spotlights start reaching up to the top of the 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 dugout uh, temple the imps uh, discover ezra by the wall sabine tells him to go and he dives into the wall disappearing the minister tells some troops to stop him and they run against the wall and it is completely solid. And mm-hmm. the end of the episode ends with ominous music and Lothwolf sounds. Yeah. I thought this was cool. I mean, oh. you know, um, the whole episode is, is great. You know, um, the wolves are neat, you know, and then we get to see this like archaeologist guy. I can't remember his name, but like when I see I, him, I'm like, after now, like having seen episode nine, which wasn't released when this episode came out, I'm like, this guy is Sith Zealot, like one of those, um, you know, he could very well be. Um, just the way he's dressed, he seems Sithy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. he's not just an Imperial, right? He's like, he's, he's, he's very evil looking. Um, you know, and then he's got these death troopers with them and their voices are really good. I like how scary they make their voices in this. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why, but it just makes them more intimidating. I agree. Um, and, and they then, should you know, be. And they should be. Uh, very much should be intimidating. You know, and then seeing Palpatine's awesome. Like, who doesn't want to see Palpatine? I think, that, is this the first time we see him in the show? I think so. Like, this might be the first time we see him. Borderline yeah. the first time we hear him, too. I can't yeah. remember we might see him uh, when they're announcing something. Yeah. But I also could be getting that mixed up with Bad Batch now all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, seeing him, like hearing him talk, like, I don't know, it's just so cool. And then, yeah, the gateway animates so awesome. 
Um, you know, the archaeologist, he's at least competent, you know, when he gets Sabine to take off her helmet. And he's like, all right, there's something wrong here. She's with somebody, like, lock the place down, like something's wrong. Because, um, you know, they just... There's not enough competent people in the empire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. It's just not enough. So it's good to see for me. I thought it was good to see that this guy was a competent person. And then, you know, the comment about the owl that um, Ezra makes about the daughter is like, I always saw this owl whenever Ahsoka showed up, you know? So like, it just kind of um, makes me wonder, like, is she the daughter reincarnated? Ahsoka? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because... Like, I, I still, like, the only way that Anakin and Ahsoka aren't around in the sequel trilogy is if they're gone and they, like, they literally cannot participate, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe Anakin is reborn as the father and Ahsoka is reborn as, you know, or, like, they have to go away and do something, you know? I don't know. Right. Right? Um, maybe that'll be explored in the Ahsoka show. It's like, I, I have to take my place among here, like, the Force gods, and I have to, you know oversee the force because that would explain why they're not around um, and that's a good point and i like i yeah i like that you bring that up now the the only concern that i would have with anakin being the the father is the fact that star wars and disney in general botched not having anakin be a part of the sequel trilogy very much so. like like it is such it is such a horrible mistake that they left anakin out of the sequel trilogy because now you've you've put yourself in a position that anything that you do that moves forward like like let's say your theory comes true ahsoka is the daughter mm -hmm. anakin is the father who's the son i don't know right like that's what that's what we have to find out and it could be it could be somebody completely new mm -hmm. that you that some sort of dark side user it could that, be like vader has an apprentice that we don't find out about you know or or um, anything like that sure yeah like but now if you tell that story people are going to sit there and go well why wasn't he ever mentioned in the sequel trilogy yeah and, and they'd be right well yeah they just screwed it up by not mentioning him period right and yeah. not having him show up as a force ghost like like, like you said like vader to, you like said we, vader yeah we have to grasp at straws to explain like why they're not there like like it's stupid like that Anakin's not part of the Skywalker saga. Luke is such a small part. Leia is such a small part. You know, it's more Ben Solo and Rey in the Skywalker saga, and they're not Skywalkers. No. You know, I guess Ben Solo is, sort of. He's, he's related. Um, he's, he's got the blood, like, but I don't understand. They never really talk about, like, the power. I guess <laughs> maybe the power, the power level of yeah. Ben Solo, you know, like... They say that he has the raw potential to be whatever because he straddles the light and the dark all the time, right? But, like, is Luke more powerful than him? I would say so. Is Vader more powerful than him? There's Anakin, definitely. You know, um, Ray is. Ray is. So, like, is he even a Skywalker? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, yeah. The they're the chosen family. And, um, no, I get you. I, I agree 100%. Like they're the chosen family and um, to not have them in the sequel trilogy. Like I got to grasp at straws to, to explain it. Like you know, so, the world so between bad. worlds can maybe do it. They can do that. Uh, if they that, decide fix to fix things yeah. like um, 
if they want to fix it. But like until then, like it's like, well, why isn't Anakin talking to Kylo Ren? Why isn't he saying, no, actually the Emperor made Snoke and you're following Snoke and you know, you're my grandson. So kind of want the best for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like so yeah, I don't know. But you know, the owl's always following Ahsoka. I don't know if the owls ever follow Ahsoka until they go to Mortis and, and see the father, the daughter, and the, and the son. Like, I don't think they do for some reason. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and the daughter dies on Mortis, right? Uh, so, yeah, I definitely see Ahsoka being reborn. Well, like and the it, daughter like, reborn. And you could, you could even do it this way, too. Regardless of what happens, Ahsoka has a connection to the daughter because the daughter is who brought back Ahsoka. Yeah. When she died on Mortis. Yeah. So she transferred some of her essence into her. And, you know, if, if there does need to be like this, you know, chosen, uh, not the Skywalker family, but a chosen family, like to guide the force, you know, Ahsoka is a pretty good candidate for yep. the light side. I think I agree. Like, I agree. I don't think the Jedi are good for the light side for some reason. Like they're too, they, they don't, I don't know. There's just something about them that they're just absolutely, I think I they know. can be. I think they can be. I would have said Qui-Gon is yes. more attuned to the light. Yeah, I would agree. The Jedi Order in general. The you Jedi Order you... got so... Like, they're arrogant and they're complacent. Yes. And Right? And that's not light side. You their know, hubris they kinda... is what brought them down. Yeah, like, they're... So yeah, like and Ahsoka, she's a part of that. She she you know she look takes a really good hard look at the order, and she's like, nope, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm leaving. You know, you guys are not doing things properly. You're not following your own codes. You're not, you know, this beacon of hope and and light in the galaxy that you're saying you are. You know, and that you're tr you're something's up, something's fishy. You know, and so yeah, I, I can definitely see Ahsoka being the light side of the force you know the guardian of the light side of the force whenever she passes on you know oh. anakin anakin being you know the father i think is suited suits like he could be the son as well but he's not evil right like he's, he's the he is the balance of the force he's the balance right he was if he hadn't have been tortured and manipulated would he have been full light side no i really don't think so he would have been nope. somewhere he would have been exactly in the middle right and like he gets to go all light side when he's young you know, he turns, goes full dark side, comes back. Like, you know, as soon as he finds out Luke is his, I think that's when it starts to change him, right? You know, and um, it's like, wait a minute, I can actually reimagine my vision now, my goal that I had for like a safe, secure, and, you know, fair and just galaxy. And because I don't think he sees eye to eye with the emperor on that stuff, right? No, no, you the, never the emperor can just kill him on a whim. So he has to go with it. And, you know, he's always constantly searching for this power to, you know, either bring back Padme or to overthrow the Emperor. The Emperor is constantly trying to kill him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, and he's always surviving, you know. And, uh, yeah, so as soon as he sees Luke, he's like, oh, my God, this is my chance to, like, you know, Vader's plan 2.0 or Anakin's plan 2.0 <laughs> now, right? Like, Luke's more powerful than me. Or, like, he's as powerful as me, but he doesn't have the weaknesses that I have. So, you know, together we can rule the galaxy as father and son, like, we can we can restore order and balance and all this other stuff and yeah but then the dark side like i don't know who they would put there right like emperor palpatine I, would be good maybe um 
he is yeah. like the supreme Sith force wielder, I think. Like he takes over the entire galaxy and you know, um but the problem is destroys the Jedi Order. Like he Pal- Palpatine wouldn't be a good son only because if he's the son, he's controlled. Yeah. You know I what think, I mean by that? I think that's good hubris for him, right? Like yeah, but, he's been but Palpatine doesn't care about that. Palpatine is all about power. Yeah, but I don't he, maybe he doesn't have a choice. Okay. You know? okay. Like in the afterlife. Anakin, Anakin controls not controls, but Anakin tames. Yeah, he can too. tame them both, right? Like Anakin tames both of them on the planet, like the yeah. father or the daughter and the and the son, and proves that he should be taking over the father's place, right? So he has to be the father if this scenario ends up working out. Yeah. Um, but Palpatine being the son, yeah, he's evil. He's evil as hell. He is the most, like, he's not chaotic evil, but he's lawful evil for sure. Um, I don't know what I would put the son at. I don't know if he's neutral evil, lawful, or chaotic, but like. Well, he's inherently selfish. Yes, yes, and Palpatine, you could say that. Palpatine argues oh, yeah, that, you time. know, it's the, the Sith are going to r- run the galaxy now. Like, we're just going to do it. The Jedi were doing it. Now it's our turn. Or the Jedi but, were heavily influencing it, you know. And the, It's interesting, too, because if you look at Palpatine, he actually goes away from the rule of two. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's no longer about him passing on his knowledge and the Sith um, surviving. It's about him surviving mm-hmm. and him continuing to survive for eons with his ability to transfer his essence into clones. Yeah. And I feel like he recognizes that he's kind of superseded all the Sith that came before him. Right. And he's like, I'm in new territory. Now these rules don't apply to me. These rules were created basically to create me. Yeah, in a sense, right? Oh. And, and and he recognizes that. We should write a book. <laughs> we should write a book. And so he recognizes that these rules were created to create him, and now he gets to do whatever the hell he wants. So that's why he's got Vader, and he's got the Inquisitors, and he's got, you know, like he's breaking rules left, right, and center. Like he wants Ezra to become a new apprentice because he can see the power in Ezra, right? And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I I think he's evil. I think he could be the son. Um, yeah, absolutely, it could be. Um, Varys Hyden was an advisor to Palpatine. Um, he's not force sensitive, mm-hmm. but he he was a scholar of Jedi and Sith lore and history. And then when they discovered the Jedi Temple, uh, he was charged with overseeing the excavation and unlocking its secrets and trying specifically to find that entrance into the world between worlds. So Palpatine already knows about that. Mm-hmm. And he's trying. He's trying to get there. And now, Hayden has seen it up close with Ezra, um, actually opening it and jumping in. So that's where we'll leave that. Next week we'll have the remaining three episodes of Rebels. Is it only three? Three? Or they, they lump the last two together? I'm guessing. Uh, I think the last episode, yeah, is 46 minutes or something. Yeah. Like okay. That. So. But it's it's one pure episode. It's not broken up, mm-hmm. which is kind of different, but makes sense when it comes to a series finality, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. We've got all sorts of thoughts going on. I love the idea of the whole Mortis um, 
story coming back into rebels because mm-hmm. it is important and there is that unbalance within the force so mm-hmm. and when when i say that it's interesting because what we're going to see coming up in the very next episode is maybe and the loth wolf had said it um oh what did what did the loth wolf say to ezra something about um protect the past to was it protect oh yeah protect the past to redeem the future and that's exactly what ezra could be doing in the world between worlds and yeah potentially moving forward with the world between worlds right um well i guess we're skipping ahead but then couldn't that also mean like protect the past means don't save canaan because if you do that ruins yeah. the future well and and like we see later on too the the explanation on not doing that is the fact that you if you save canaan you destroy you all mm-hmm. yeah which, which makes a whole lot of sense so mm-hmm. i love it i love it yeah i think these next four are kind of are some of my favorite ones i just i love whatever ezra does and i love the world between worlds i so just I. think it, it offers so much potential for star wars going forward too as well as like i think it's really interesting in the show how it works and how you know well and it's funny too because to we talk about other franchises where time travel or um resetting storylines or anything like that we're, we're we look at it and we're like caution mm-hmm. right like oh like if you're gonna do it do it right like yeah i think that's unfortunately because of like terminator yeah you know no Um, you're right a lot of these franchises are like oh yeah terminator but you know marvel seems (laughs) to be doing um an okay job so far like i'm guessing that's where they're going with loki right well there's that time um so you know i'm not saying it, it can't be done it just has it's just hard to do well so you know well, and we'll see what happens with Doctor Strange. Yes. And the wide world of the multiverse of yeah, the multiverse of madness or something. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm I'm I think what Marvel has done with their timelines is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But I have to wait to reserve my judgment on it until after yeah. that movie because that movie is going to be the one that sets the stage for everything. Yeah, and I mean I I like personally that they're doing this timeline thing because they've acquired the x-men franchise and this is the perfect way to bring the x-men in to the marvel cinematic universe right and be like they just weren't in this this storyline but you know or this this whatever the golden timeline is or whatever it's called and um they should be so they're being brought in now i i think it allows them to really just merge and all these all these i guess i don't know i don't want to call them franchises but like like the fantastic four and yeah, x-men the and spider-man and yeah like they're different like universes within their like they're or i don't know what they're called no you're um, right like different universes of characters that are being brought yeah 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 mm, so, i agree i mean star wars can do it it's not oh, well, it's not impossible for them to pull something like that off it's just maybe unlikely I find it easier for them to be able to do it though, because they don't have a universe that is split up. Mm-hmm. All that they would be doing if they were to correct, uh, correct, if they were to correct timelines, is to actually correct timelines. Yeah. 
So, okay, we weren't happy with how this worked out. We botched it. We've talked about it lots. So we're going to go in there. We're going to fix it. We're going to make it a little different. Or we're going to make it completely different. Um, if I'm Disney, like, pull your fans. Mm-hmm. Find out what they want. If they if they are like, no, don't redo the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Then don't redo the sequel trilogy. If they're like, yes, redo it. Then redo it. And redo it in your image. But have a plan. Mm-hmm. And yep. you'll be fine. Whereas like Marvel, Marvel can do whatever they want. Oh, this is this timeline doesn't fit in with these timelines. Whatever, it's an alternate timeline. It's a variant. Mm-hmm. And bam, you run with it. Same thing with DC. If DC, whatever is going to be coming out of this Flash movie, where we we're getting multiple Batman, another Supergirl, uh, like all sorts of crazy stuff, are they? Are, is this their soft reboot of the DCEU? Mm-hmm. If it is, it is same characters are in there mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah. so Dis- disney's got an opportunity to do something big and it all started really with rebels mm-hmm. and introducing the world between worlds so i can't wait to see what they do with mm-hmm. it yeah i hope they listen to our podcast and my idea of like yeah midway point of episode eight they could totally flip the script and 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 redo the sequel trilogy while yep. still honoring the sequel trilogy. Well, it's so. erase episode nine. Yeah, and half of the ending, half of episode eight, I think. I think you start right where the explosion happens and Leia gets sucked out into. Space. Yeah, like the. Um, I don't can't remember exactly what point Ray sees that mirror when she goes down into the island mm. that Luke's on. I think that is after that, but it, I think it might be before Leia comes back and comes to could be so like that's it's like literally like the perfect spot for them to salvage one and a half the best parts of the sequel trilogy in my opinion um like that i really like the force awakens it's entertaining the first half of the last jedi does some good stuff it's it's before ryan johnson like completely starts screwing with all the star wars fans and what they like and what they want (laughs) you know the first half of the movie i mean luke sucky sucky baby thing you know he could easily flip that switch um, yep. with a world between worlds thing and um yeah i don't know i agree we're just gonna go on another sequel rant here yeah we will <laughs> rant, rant. okay let's wrap it up we'll be back next week right here on pod racers the star wars podcast and we'll finish up with our review of rebels and then uh we'll probably talk a little bit more about why the sequel trilogy sucks <laughs> probably we usually have at least a one at least five minutes uh <laughs> dedicated to that per show i'd say it's so unfortunate because i want to like it so bad yeah i do and too. there are pieces in even like even in rise of skywalker that i look at and i go man if they'd just done it just a, a hair differently or mm-hmm. if it wasn't such a a homage to shitting on ryan johnson's vision like Mm -hmm. ryan johnson did something different he went about it he did it his way all the power to him but awareness just for disney to to move forward in the future that's all i'm looking for Mm -hmm. so yeah we'll get into that next week um matt where can we find you on internets uh in the internets you can find me on twitter at keyho k-e-y-h-o-h maybe good luck i uh, haven't you... checked it since last show so maybe i'll check it now to see if uh, <laughs> anyone's messaging me i'm not uh, gonna hold my breath though yeah 
Uh, you can find me DSO67. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. And of course, pod underscore racers. Um, leave us a leave us a review on whatever your streaming services is. I know, like when I look at the stats for our podcast, it's actually really interesting. Some of the places that we get listeners from, which is uh, which is actually kind of cool. I'm gonna actually just look it up right here before we log off for this episode. Um, <laughs> we got some overseas things, and in fact, if I'm not mistaken, um. We actually have more listeners in the States than we have here in Canada, which is okay. kind of nuts. So, so yeah, if uh, you feel inclined, leave us a message. Tell us what you like to hear, maybe what you want to hear out of uh, some of our top fives, and uh, we'll move forward and we'll have some fun with it. Anyway, that's it for us here on Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. See you later. Take care. <laughs>